You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello and welcome to the San Jose Hockey Now podcast, your trusted source for all things San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Floor. Joining me, as always, is my co-host and editor-in-chief of San Jose Hockey Now, Shang Pang. Shang, how's it going on this beautiful Friday night? Well, I uh, regret to inform you that uh, there has been an injury in the Pang household, Mushu. Uh, is uh, out for two months with a broken toe. And uh, I just sent you a picture. Uh, Here's uh, a Mushu got hurt last weekend and she is in a, in a splint here in a, in a legit cast. Oh no. (laughs) Our prized veteran, (laughs) our prized veteran is going to be out until week to week with a lower body injury, six to eight weeks. So yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so it's actually, uh, I think that they would term that month to month, maybe. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. So, Are we yeah, going to put it on LTIR? Down. Yeah, no, no, it's not, not quite long for LTIR. But uh, yeah, so so I think uh, I think uh, that's that's the, 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 the big news here and uh, bigger than anything else that we're gonna, going to talk about, at least for my life. So yeah, I mean, we might as well, we might as well just wrap up the podcast there. <laughs> I mean, everything we're going to talk, it's all downhill from here, folks. Like, it's That was a scoop. There's, yeah, there's, there's nobody else with that information out there. That's insider information only that you can find on this podcast. So to all the uh, to all the Mushu fail. Oh, no, I just got the picture. Oh, you just no. got it? Oh, okay. I don't, yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll share the picture on, in, in, in the article. So, oh, so but she's a very uh, she's a very injured, uh, grumpy uh, uh, dog now. So. Hashtag Grump Shoe is officially trending on Twitter. Yeah, so make sure she got hurt last uh, weekend. So, all right. Well, thoughts and prayers and healing powers to Mushu. Let's get that. Let's get that six to eight weeks shortened, like a certain defenseman that we're going to be talking about <laughs> here pretty soon. Uh, but on on this week's episode, uh, we're actually going to crack open an ice cold mail bag. Another one. See, we talked last time and it it got pretty pretty good traction from the subscribers, and we decided to expand our horizons here and go into the Twitter and Reddit verse essentially. And we allowed our, our listeners and our basically anyone who follows us on Twitter to share their thoughts on Jonathan Becker's press conference uh, regarding the state of the sharks. Uh, definitely. I wouldn't say out of the blue, but I think we got like the, the email for it, like the day before. And it was just like, well, who we're going to do this nice media availability to give some updates. So that's well, always something we've been asking for, for him. So for, for a while. And uh, obviously because there's a lot to talk about with the sharks and even concerning him, obviously yeah. Jonathan isn't the general manager of the sharks, right? He's not making mm-hmm. the hockey ops decisions, but as a president of the sharks, uh, definitely business things, uh, the low attendance, things like that um were things that were really worth investigating with them and if you haven't uh seen it yet i don't think they posted the the zoom on uh on the san jose sharks website yet mm-hmm. i thought that they were going to going to but 
it's a good place to uh, plug uh, that on San Jose Hockey Now, you have the full transcript of Becker's uh, press conference, 40 minutes. And it's more than just uh, the main stuff that we're going to talk about, which is the rebuilding or the low attendance at SAP Center. He really touches on a lot of interesting stuff in terms of uh, how things are going with Google. Actually, the, the one thing that uh, didn't get a lot of play, and uh, that's sort of on us, you know, as media to give it more play. Uh, but uh, we'll want to write more about it. And actually that we do, we are going to get a question that is actually somewhat related to this. Uh, so, okay. So I, I'm going to save it just because we have a question related to it, but mm-hmm. uh, something about the future of SAP center. Uh, and so I thought that uh, Jonathan gave a really interesting answer uh, to that. And yeah. just uh, anything under the sun with the sharks, um, you know, Jonathan answered. I know that uh, this, uh, Overall, this press, this presser, at least in the in the Twitter sphere, and I know that's a small, you know, in the big, larger picture, maybe a small uh, segment of the, of the Sharks fan base, but it's also very fa- a passionate uh, uh, area of the Sharks fan base. And yeah. this press conference was not received well <laughs> on multiple levels. Uh, but <laughs> regardless, though. Uh, I think it was a very interesting press conference, not just for the things that are, you know, making people upset. And, uh, you know, uh, Jonathan answered uh, every question uh, that that we, we gave him, uh, I think, the, the, the best he could. And so, you know, he stood up and, and faced the music. You may not like the answers, but he did give answers. And yep. so let's talk about some of those answers. Yeah, the transparency of uh, Jonathan Becker is is. I, I wouldn't say he's almost on the equivalence of like Bob Bugner with the media. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah, he. <laughs> well, I mean, he can only like like in in what he can in the span of what he can talk about. I, I think I'm gonna he give, will. No, no, talk. I got no. I, I got to like, throw a story out there, man. Like uh, uh, today, we talked to to Bob, and um, I, I'm going to put in a story tomorrow. But he basically a couple of days ago, I wrote an article uh, at San Jose Hockey Now. Uh, the article was titled "The Sharks' Third Line Problem." And the main point of the article is that your third line of Nick Bonino, Andrew Cogliano, and Matt Nieto um, is not a playoff caliber third line. It's not those players' fault. Uh, they're put in a position where they are uh, Bob Bugner's best options for a third line, at least in my opinion and clearly in Bob Bugner's opinion. And that's not on Bob. Um, and he basically said the same thing to us. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he said that, and I think, and I quote, I, I, I'm not, this is not from my story. This is, uh, this is not a quote from my story. This is a quote from Bob Bugner. He basically says something to the effect of, in a perfect world, Andrew Cogliano, Matt Nieto, and Nick Benino would be a great fourth line. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's pretty, like we, that, that's, that's pretty, pretty candid. And so yeah. I love Jonathan. I think that fans are giving him maybe a little harder time than he deserves. You know, he's representing an organization, so he's not going to deviate from the, the message that, you know, has been agreed upon between himself and Doug Wilson and Hassel Plotner. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Jonathan's not going to come on and say like, look, you guys are right. We suck. We really need to blow, blow this shit up. <laughs> You know, what do you guys he expect? Gets, you know, <laughs> this is why he gets paid the big bucks, so he can face it. He's he's yeah right. to, to say say things the the right way, or to say it, you know, to 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 say things and and hold off until things actually happen. You know, to kind of yeah. buy time the the the, the right way. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, as as you're saying, the guys, sorry I interrupted you, but I, I still am uh, 
cracking up at, at, at uh, talking to Bob today. And uh, that was during practice. So they don't put that stuff up uh, at the shark, on the Sharks website. So you guys, uh, the listeners, are sort of at the mercy of, uh, of us uh, who were there. <laughs> gotcha. There's only a handful of us that were there today. It was just uh, myself, Curtis Bashelka, uh, Corey. I still haven't learned to say his last name from The Athletic. And Dan Rusinowski. So a sm- small group of us there. But, um, yeah, uh, 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 Bob's uh, 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 candidness is its great for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... We love Bob's candidness, but who knows how long that'll last. Um, we actually have some shark news, a tidbit of shark news here that just came out recently. Before we get into our uh, our mailbag here, of course, we're, 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 I don't want to say we're dragging this out, but uh, Shang has an update involving uh, everyone's favorite offensive defenseman, Eric Carlson. Yeah, uh, we spoke with uh, Eric today. Uh, Eric has been on the ice for optional practices, no contact optional practices for two of the last three uh, days that we've seen. Uh, He is skating and passing, but we haven't seen him really shoot yet. So I think that's a restriction that he has with obviously his left forearm surgery. Um, But he came out and talked, which is unusual. And, uh, uh, you know, kudos to him, too. Oftentimes players, when they're on the IR or whatever, you know, they don't, they don't always want to come out and talk or whatever. And it's, you know, sort of kind of unspoken rule that, eh, you know, if, if you're, if you're hurt, you know, you don't necessarily, it's not as much of an obligation to talk to the media, but he came out and talked with, talked with us. You know, we haven't spoken with him obviously since uh, before his surgery in January and he looks great. Uh, you know, we talked to him about, well, I know his... he looks great. Shane. Come <laughs> yes. <on now. laughs> well, you know, I, <laughs> yeah, he's looking great by the way. He's just looking, mm. <laughs> you know, that's all that matters. Right. To the audience. And Andrew, yeah. right? <laughs> that's it. They um, just pause the whole podcast. He looks great. Guys. He looks Wrap great. Up. Yeah. We're he's good. good. <laughs> Sound like up, baby. Um, but <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, I talked about his uh, his uh, his son, his newborn son, a little bit. Uh, not getting a lot of sleep, of course. Uh, three weeks old, and uh, talked about uh, you know his 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 uh, progress from his his injury. He says that he's he's been doing uh, he's been doing great. Mm-hmm. Um, the it's just about strengthening it. You know, actually, since he's had his surgery, he's been you know basically fine in everyday life with using his left arm, his you know his forearm area. Uh, just for example, uh, lifting his son, uh, his son, uh, Stellan, uh, you know, we saw an Instagram picture that he posted, right? And he's, yeah. you know, he's, he's, he's holding up his son one week after uh, surgery. And I actually joked yeah. with him about that. And he said, yeah. you know, he's seven pounds. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's it's a newborn nothing. Baby. It's fine. You know, <laughs> you know, this is not taking, this is not taking a chop in the left forearm from Zane, uh, Zidane Chara. <laughs> or a right but, hook to the face if you're Jeffrey VL. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, so yeah, so things, so things are uh, things, things are good with him. Um, you know, also touched on uh, uh, Tomas Hurdle, things like that. You can read that. I just posted that story at San Jose Hockey now. Uh, but the gist of it is, is that uh, he's doing well, and I think there's reason to believe that he will come back sooner. The original prognosis was that in mid March they would reevaluate him, and there wasn't really a sense of what that meant in terms of like, okay, so you you reevaluate him in mid March. Uh, what's what's it, what does that mean after that? You know, that seemed very open-ended, like, oh, maybe things won't be great. And so, you know, he's got to wait off a couple of weeks or maybe things are great and then he can come back immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything we've heard and also talked with Bob a little bit in Anaheim when I was down there and got the sense already before uh, 
uh, before uh, uh, a couple days ago that that he was going to be back sooner than we originally expected. And so I think that mid-March, uh, I think, is a uh, conservative now, a conservative estimate for his return, his return to the Sharks, not just his return to practice or his return, whatever, you know, yeah. actual return to on the ice with the Sharks. And I'm guessing maybe sooner. Uh, the, the language that I, I, I hear from him, from Bob, it seems optimistic. Obviously, the Sharks, you know, a lot of people say, oh, they're out of the playoffs. Why? Why are they even trying? You know, they're seven points out right now. I mean, they are very unlikely. You know, they had to leapfrog four or five teams, I think, right, to get to that eighth spot. So I'm not saying it's likely, but this might be a subject for another podcast. But I'm not sure why fans are expecting them to just give it up right now, just because, you know, some websites say that they only have a 2% chance to make it. Well, that's still a chance. And, you know, seven points out with, what is it now, uh, uh, 31 games left it's doable, you know, uh, not likely, you know, so I'm not, I'm not trying to sell that to, to you guys, but mm -hmm. I'm not sure why fans are expecting like, Oh, let's play Zach Sachenko. Oh, let's put Joachim Blickfeld up on a power play. You know, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> anyway, think, that's a topic um, where for, for, for another day, but, um, yeah. uh, I will say one thing about a Sachenko because, uh, you know, I I've lived to see the day where there are Zach Sachenko truthers on my, uh, 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 you know, uh, on uh, in my replies, I, I appreciate all the followers, but I have to say though, there is a reason why he hasn't played, and this is not just a Bob Bugner decision too. Everything everybody is talking about, oh, fire Bob for this or whatever. If this is this is Bob Bugner and getting the Bokov. I asked actually Bob, I was curious about this because in some places uh, that you know, Ajar Galan, for example, in Vegas, he deferred all goaltending decisions basically to his goaltending coach. If he asked uh, Turk. Uh, that was his nickname. If you ask Turk about goaltending, he would basically say, I don't know anything about goaltending. I uh, go talk to the goaltending coach. And the beauty of that is that we never got to talk to the goaltending coach. So <laughs> I, I think a lot knew what, what he was doing there. But, Typical uh, Turk. Yeah, but, but, but we got the sense, though, that he deferred the decisions to his goaltending coach. In this case, I'm not going to say that that's what Bugner is doing. It sounds like it's a 50-50 thing. But for sure, though, Bob Bugner is definitely taking into account what Evgeny Nabokov is saying. And Nabokov is telling him that your best chance to win games when you're still, whatever it is, 2% chance to make the playoffs, whatever, when you can still see the playoffs, you know, in the distance, but you can still see it. It hasn't quite disappeared over the horizon yet. Uh, when you can see it, James Reimer is still your best chance to, to get there, be it in a back-to-back, -back, be it starting, you know, it'll be, uh, it was his 10th game yesterday, and it'll be 11 and 12 if he does the back-to-back -back this weekend. So again, I, I, I just, I find uh, some of this, um, it's the, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with this as a 49ers fan and all football fans are familiar with this. It's the back of quarterback thing. Right. And, but it, well, no, I don't, I don't think that's a fair, like, Oh, I, 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 I think it is because Sachenko, I mean, let's, again, I, I like the kid, uh, but come on, he's played, he's, he's appeared in two NHL games. But they were, they were mop-up games. He played well. You know, I'm not going to take that away from him. He's played 49 pro games overall. Uh, he's uh, undrafted. That's on undrafted free agency. The, the the free agent, the pedigree isn't high. And, again, if the Sharks believe, and, again, this is not just Bob Bookner. If, if getting the Bokov, the, you know, you know quote-unquote Sharks, you know, the Sharks' greatest goaltender, uh, someone who I would think understands goaltending, you know, better than than all of us, is saying that this guy is probably not, you know, probably not ready for this. 
then he probably isn't. And I look, I could be wrong. Like you can put in Sachenko and he may, you know, pull off a, a Andrew Hammond run, or if you want to use the football thing, Kurt Warner, you know, do something like that. And I would love to see that, honestly. And you can tell me I'm wrong. Please do if that happens. But I think you know, the I think the like, football like uh analogy would make more sense if Sachenko was like a first round pick. If Bobrovsky was having a terrible stretch right or was just getting outworked and Spencer Knight was underneath him and not getting any playtime sure. I think that would be a better analogy but well, that's I what think, baffles me about this this is yes this isn't uh, Jesper Wallstead like that they're that yeah, they're sitting no, in favor of why, James Reimer forever you know yeah, or, it's not the yeah. Trey Lance versus Jimmy G <laughs> thing exactly, here yeah. I think this is more or less from what I've seen and just my reaction is like the back to back games on a not in his prime James Reimer just wouldn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Like, James Reimer was great back-to-back -back against Florida and Carolina just, you know, a couple weeks ago. And you yeah. need to win games. This is just just what it is, you know. Yeah. So, you know, maybe uh, a tire James Reimer on the back-to-back, -back, you know, uh, whatever he is, 90% James Reimer on a back-to-back -back is still in their mind better than a 100% Zach Sachenko. That's just the, the, the truth of the matter. And I, well, I'm just saying, I think that's where the questions are stemming from. Cause it's, it's a lot of work for a goaltender, especially, uh, and then, and I'm not trying to take any credit away from what James Reimer has done so far for the team. I mean, nobody even, well, maybe some people did, but you know, he was expected to come in here and one B behind Aiden Hill and he's turned into the bona fide starter essentially. But I think that's where the majority of people are kind of like, you know, why wouldn't, and I think Bob even alluded to it after the end of the game is he's not going to commit to one thing or another this weekend for the back to back. Like he didn't seem very sure of it so far. I think that was in the post game. Yeah, but, that was post game. But today he said that it's likely and that's yeah. always, you know, I mean, there's going to be people who yeah. Shang want to tank now, like you said, right? They want to tank. They want the picks, yada, yada, yada. And that's Those not going to happen. That, that's well, not yeah, the but that's, that's the Sachenko truthers essentially. Like, no, put it's, in the back. It's, it's not though. It really isn't though. Some some people, some people are extrapolating his two very excellent mop of performances. That oh, this is a guy that deserves a start. I I, I that, that's that, that's what I read too. That's um, right. I've never. And I, so <laughs> I know I I, 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 I read that multiple multiple times. And yeah. so. Um, yeah. From what I've seen so far is like give James a fucking break, like one day. If it's a back to back, like you give James his one day off, and then you can roll another seven or eight out of him. But like on a well, back, -back. you know, you know, let's not, let's, you know, I, this is a whole different podcast here, right? We're supposed to do a yeah. mailbag, but but also too, let's not forget too that James Rummer has played uh, uh, started ten games in a row, but it, there was a twelve day break in between. So basically, what he started four games in a row before, maybe it was four or five before the break, right? And he started every game since then. So what is it? It's been five since the break or six. So mm -hmm. these, so that these, this is not an unusual, you know, for a starting goalie to play four games in a row and yeah. then play six, you know. And yeah. if you consider that twelve day break to be, well, that's a break, right? That's better than Zach Sachenko taking one day, twelve days yeah. off for the All Star break, right? Yeah. And so also too, and I wrote this in an article today. Um, James Reimer, you can say, oh, he was a much younger man then, but as a rookie for Toronto, he, he started 23 straight games. And he went 12, mm -hmm. 6, and 1, I think, or something like that. Very good record. Yeah. Uh, and then in, in Florida, this is not so long ago. This is 2017-18 uh, and Bob Bugner's uh, first year as Panthers head coach, actually. Uh, James Reimer started 17 straight games. 
Uh, and that was also another uh, funny moment today where Bob Bonner tried to recall all the goalies that played uh, or all the goalies that, that, that got hurt in that stretch because uh, Luongo got hurt. And then he's like, well, and then and he couldn't quite remember uh, Harry, Harry Sateri, Sam Montabon, just names that just sound made up. I know uh, Harry Sateri. <laughs> I know, I know Harry's a, a, a Sharks draft pick. I may be saying his name wrong, so I apologize for that. But Sharks draft pick and just want to go medal for Finland. So with all due respect. But, um, and then he said something like, and then we had to bring in, bring up Niemi. Or we had to, yeah. and then we had to bring in Niemi. Yeah. We had, and, they, and, and we had, we, we had, that means yeah, we had to rely on rhymes, something like that. Yeah. So anyway, um, the, 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 the point, like, so anyway, Reimer went 17 with Florida, 17 straight uh, for Florida. And he went, uh, he was, he was good. His save percentage was like 925 in that 17 game stretch. Uh, I think his record was something like uh, nine, six, and two. And I don't mm. want to extrapolate from that and say that you need to play James Reimer in 82 games this year. That's your ticket to the playoffs. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying that this guy is a highly conditioned athlete, and goalies are meant to basically, they should. Starting goalies are meant to play a lot. And mm. yeah, it's, it's, it's to me, it's no, just, I get uh, it. I, it just, I understand just it. Sort of, sort of uh, uh, baffling. And so, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. <laughs> and as far as the Sharks um, playing him over, like, it's obvious. Like, the, they said it since day one. They're going to make the push for the playoffs. So, like, continuing to beat the dead horse of, like, oh, we should tank now. Until that 2%, until that low-fat milk percent chance of getting into the playoff turns into non-fat milk, 0%, you yeah, or maybe even point one or something, you know, yeah, but we're just, too far from that. And yeah. the thing that, that, again, baffles me, and we talked about this too, like, look, like uh, Ryan Merkley or whoever you throw out, the, uh, you want to you uh, mention for this, like, instead of playing 30 games, he plays 20, he plays 15 this year. He's, it's still the way things are going. He's still going to mm-hmm. get uh, his fair share of games or whatever, you know, it's not, it's not a death knell for his career that he didn't get to play 30 games. Uh, this year instead of 15 because the the team you know didn't didn't you know you know uh, uh you know cut the cord uh soon enough um and yeah he's gonna a guy like that's gonna get plenty of action this year i would think and other you know name your youngster you know it's gonna it's probably gonna get a chance at this rate and uh but if the sharks have their way they won't get their chance because they'll get hurdled to resign and then they'll start to win some games here and and make it interesting but yeah all right that was our Eric Carlson injury update. <laughs> <laughs> that turned into the why isn't Chunko in the net? And I will I will rally for for the backup to play on a back to back. Like just 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 my perspective. But I'm not. I think a if you really need tender. to win games again, if you really need yeah. to win games, I I agree with you in principle. If it was Aiden yeah. Hill was healthy, Aiden would have would have played. Uh, yeah. But if you re- if you really feel like you need the wins, um, and you're at a point where the sharks are right now, where if they don't, you know, if they, uh, you know, obviously that two percent chance, right? What's going to turn to zero percent chance if if they don't put their best out there uh, as often as they can, and so yeah, it, it to me it's it just it, to me it's a non-issue, uh, a non-question that is, uh, um, like you said, it's. It, it baffles me a, a little bit, you know. Again, this isn't mm-hmm. like you say. This isn't a first round pick. Um, this isn't Trey Lance sitting behind Jimmy G, folks. This is this is Blaine Gabbert sitting behind Jimmy G. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. So anyway, so you mentioned in a back to back. Um, yeah. In principle, in a back to back, if you have two guys that you believe are NHL starters or close to that, which mm-hmm. you do have, which they do believe with Reimer and Hill. But uh, they with all due respect to Zach Sachenko, who's done incredible work to get to the NHL, even, you know, considering his his sort of his backstory and how he sort of, you know, gave up on high level hockey to some degree, high level hockey when he, uh, you know, after juniors, he went to the Canadian University to play because he sort of wanted to get away from the the, the, the grind of the, of, I guess, more stressful, higher level hockey, I guess you would say. And mm-hmm. he did do that. And he came back from that and he's in the NHL and that's incredible. And he's coming in, he cold and stopping shots from Sidney Crosby. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's amazing. That's a, that's a great story and more power to him. And I would love, look, I've said what I've said, but I never really mind being wrong. So he comes in, you know, he, he's Andrew Hammond, the Hamburglar. Uh, you know, Patrick Laleem, you know, he rolls yeah. 13 wins and 14. I would love to see that. I would absolutely love to see that. You know um, why? Because that's good fucking content to write. It is that's going to bring clicks. So. Yeah, no, yeah, no, it is. But, you know, I, I love I love good stories. Yeah, um, exactly. And so if, if 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 the kid goes in there and, and he and he does it and he does and he deserves it, you know, that's great. I'd love to be wrong about that. Mm-hmm. But again, you can read the tea leaves, though. You know, back-to-back Florida and Carolina. Yeah, we're going to go with Reimer again. Back-to-back Boston, Seattle. Seattle, lowly Seattle. Uh, likely. I mean, he, it hasn't happened yet, so we may see Sachenko against the Seattle. Hey, great if we do see him. Uh, and so, yeah, so and, and, and great if we do see him. If he goes in there, I hope he shuts out the, the Kraken. And you guys can uh, jump on Twitter and tell me I was wrong. Love, love to hear that. Love That will be a great story. You won't uh, not, be wrong because you not said me being wrong, but 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 Sachenko uh, shutting out, uh, yeah, coming up in first initial start and shutting out the team. Love love to see that, but again, read the tea leaves though. Um, yeah. the belief isn't there in that, or uh, they he's just not ready yet. Exactly, so they're just maximizing the percentages or the probability of winning, which I guess it makes yeah. sense. So, all right, we're gonna bust open the goddamn mailbag. I swear we are. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do it right now, okay? Uh, I'm just going to kick it off, obviously. Um, we tried to sort these in a digestible order. We're going to focus on what was said in the press conference, um, You know, questions surrounding or concerns, just regular comments surrounding what uh, Jonathan uh, said in his presser. And then we also had a couple of... Uh, you know, just one-off questions. Yeah, as well. and the time doesn't allow for those because the the intent of the sort of this emergency mailbag was to focus on the press conference. Yeah, and I've already spent twenty minutes talking about Eric Carlson's injury. Yeah. <laughs> Eric Carlson's injury in air quotes. <laughs> and, no, 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 but it was obviously it's a topic that needs to be discussed. So it is. What yeah, it is. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you said. Anyway, so so yeah. we may we may not be able to get to uh, some of the the non uh, Becker press conference ones. We'll have mailbags in the future. Yeah. I think uh, I, I plan on having one uh, around, or we plan on having one around the trade deadline or something like that. Because obviously uh, there's going to be some you know something some news yeah. from that. <laughs> there's going to be some post trade deadline questions yep. coming in. Yeah. Or what we'll yeah. do is any of the questions that we have written here, uh, if we can't get to them right now, uh, we'll answer them on Twitter. In, in like a, uh, like we'll we'll respond with a shortened version of what our answer would be, um, but let's just start this off. Uh, Long time listener Josh, I actually met him at the home opener. Great guy. His uh, Twitter handle at SharksJosh95. The Sharks have improved their record from a league wide standpoint every year since 2019 2020. 
They have a chance to return most of the team next year, plus Eklund. And then you put in uh, parentheses here, Hurdle will likely be offered an extension soon, too. Could this be why Becker is not declaring a rebuild yet? Chang, I'll let you start. Um, no, (laughs) no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think uh, that's, uh, that's really uh, the the reason why I think the reason why, uh, they are not the, well, I think the real reason why they're not declaring a rebuild is because it's really hard to, uh, and not hard to, because um, I mean, the season ticket things that, that John and Becker talks about that, uh, it's hard to sell a ticket plan to a fan, uh, when you're, when you're not going to be good for three to five, you, when you tell them you're not going to be good for three to five years, there's probably a lot, some credence to that. Maybe among the more, not the, not the diehard Sharks fan, uh, but maybe the more casual Sharks fan, there might be some credence to that. But I think a lot of it too, is that just, it's hard to rebuild. We've talked about this before, um, that the contracts that the Sharks have are, some of them are literally impossible to get rid of, uh, without adding a huge amount of, uh, draft capital or whatever, which then takes away from your rebuild, obviously, because you've given up, you know, five first round picks to get rid of Mark Edward Vlasic's contract. That's literally what it would take probably. Um, just for example, I <laughs> know I'm not, I'm not kidding. I, I've, I've, I've been talking to some people about it. Like just hypothetically, what would it take for your team to even think about it? And basically it's a first round pick for every year left in his contract. What's well, what's four of them. Yeah. Four of them. Holy so, shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> So, yeah, so I think, I think, I think that's, that's, that's a, that's a part of it. So, um, and so, yeah, it's also too, uh, when you say they've improved their record league wide, that's pretty, you know, because this year it's a legitimate improvement. You know, this year they're on a 83, 84, whatever, 84 point pace or something like that. Uh, last year they were at a 72, I think the year before they were at a 74, both seasons were shortened by COVID obviously. Um, and so 1920 and 20, uh, 21, uh, they look pretty much the same, at least in terms of their, their pace there. I would not say there was an improvement. They might have improved in the standings or whatever, but in terms of actual points uh, or point pace, they, they didn't. Uh, this year isn't is an actual improvement, um, but again, uh, no, I, I don't I don't think that's that that's why they're not declaring a, a rebuild. Uh, I think they're not declaring it because of what I just mentioned, but also too because they do have a pa- a plan in place, and I don't want to really ask about that in particular. So, um, well, actually, the next question might might answer because that's something I've seen online. Oh, the sharks don't have a plan. They do have a plan. It just uh, may not be a good one, <laughs> and it may not be one that fans agree with. But they yeah. do have a plan in place for sure, though. And so, actually, yeah, uh, why don't I answer that with the next question? Because that that one I can touch on there, and it kind of makes sense to put it there. Yeah, I would add more onto what you said with Josh, but I mean, I think it's pretty. I think it's summarized very well with what Jonathan said, and then, like you said, with this next question, I'll help answer that one as well. So this one comes from at Peter Dunbar nineteen. They ask, how do you improve with the current team and not rebuild? Seems ridiculous. And, Shang, we've kind of talked about this a little bit before in the beginning about how they kind of plan to ride the wave, essentially, with these contracts and slowly reset. Yeah, yeah. So... Okay, so we talk about what the Sharks' plan is, right? And I uh, wrote about it in what I, uh, my recent article about uh, Becker's comments about the Sharks are not rebuilding. And I think the exact quote is from, from Jonathan is that uh, it's highly unlikely, so he, he wouldn't say, ne- he, you know, never say never, right? Highly unlikely that the Sharks will ever go into pr- proactive rebuild, you know, under him, under Doug, under Hasselblad. 
Um, so anyway, how do you improve the team with the current team and not rebuild? Well, they are doing that, right? It's improvement this year. It's not an incredible improvement by any stretch, but it is an improvement uh, in terms of you have Eric Carlson back better. So basically, you hope your your expensive players uh, play better. Uh, that includes Timo Meyer too, who's obviously had an incredible season, right? And mm-hmm. also, too, then you start to, okay, so the plan. We talk about what is the plan. It's basically to keep the team competitive up top, you know, add to it and and, and little and, and little parts as they have with Nick Beninos and stuff like that, right? Little signings, right? And to keep your draft picks, which they have, and to start to stock up your farm system again. Yeah. And they're not, they're not trading at the deadline to buy right, in players. Right. They're not they're not trading their first. I, I doubt the Sharks are going to do that for a long time at, at this rate. And um, hope that the players that they draft start to come in and start to help out. And that crest with whatever is left of Eric Carlson's game, what is ever is left of Logan Couture's game, right? Yeah. And if the players you draft are good enough, then Eric Carlson doesn't need to be $11.5 million player for you to be a great team. Or, you know, Logan Couture doesn't have to be a $8 million player. If guys yeah. like William Eklund and whoever you draft in the future can kind of fill in uh, in terms of some of the point production and some of the responsibility that those guys would have had in their prime. And so that's, that's what they're hoping. And I know, obviously, the, the obvious retort to that, and it's a correct uh, uh, response, is, well, wouldn't it help if the picture using, right, uh, if you don't worry so much about the current team up top and you let it kind of not be good, and so you can accumulate higher draft picks, which gives, gives you higher odds of high-end talent. And I agree with, with all that, but um, I think that what the Sharks are trying to do, and it's to perhaps, and, uh, you know, as Jonathan mentioned, and it seems like... Uh, uh, that is one of the reasons, at least, it is to appease maybe, uh, you know, fans uh, who want to see some, you know, competitive team out there. Again, you know, the quote about uh, three five years is hard to sell a season ticket plan to to uh, to a fan when you're telling them that you're not going to be good for three years. Um, but so uh, let me let me let me let me backtrack here here a little bit. So uh, so basically, you keep the team competitive and you hope that your draft picks, you just have to draft low, basically, you know, you're going to be, you may have more mid range draft picks than high end, you know, for high first picks. Right. Mm -hmm. And you got to draft basically Thomas hurdles, you know, the the Sharks drafted him uh, 17th, maybe I know it was a mid first round pick uh, uh, with hurdle a number of years ago. So you got to hope for a few hits like that or Merrill Ferraro in the second rounds, guys like that. Um, you're not maybe going to get the chance at Connor, uh, you know, Connor McDavid or Connor, you know, Bedard, right? Yeah. Uh, guys like that at, at number one. Um, so, I mean, even then, you have the the next two drafts are going to be some of the deepest drafts in in quite a while, whereas you're not seeing as huge of a drop off in talent, like projected, obviously. Um, so. Draft position, while it does matter, and it's mattered significantly more in the past uh, than I think it will here in the coming years. Just my thoughts on that. Um, you, you can take a look at, I believe Liz actually tagged me in 
a, a, a post from a scout that basically said, if you're going to be trading picks away, stock up on as many 2023 picks as you can, because it's going to be one of the deepest drafts that we've ever seen for the NHL. So whereas in the past, uh, you know, there's a huge drop between seven and even 15, you might not see that as much. And like Shang alluded to, if you can't scout, your, your drafts aren't going to be that great. And the Sharks have done a very good job of scouting as of late, you know, with your uh we think so we we don't we don't we don't know because these guys haven't actually a lot of these guys actually haven't played angel games yet but it does seem people like their prospects um more now than they did say five years ago when it was yeah uh different scouting people in charge uh, not doug wilson jr but Mm -hmm. i don't i don't want to uh uh overpraise uh uh you know doug jr's drafts yet because we haven't really seen the fruits of all of it uh, Doug basically took over in uh, 2017, so we can evaluate from then. Uh, yeah. But we'll see. But uh, yeah, and so the, to your point about you got to be able to scout well. Doesn't matter your draft position. And yeah, it would be great to have uh, one or uh, number one or number two pick where I can make the pick. You know, you don't need a yeah. scouting staff to 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 draft Connor, but you know, Bedard number one, obviously. You know, um, yeah. but uh, so that would be nice to have but also too you know if you go into a full rebuild you may not get that number one pick of course you may not get that slam dunk pick you still need a good styling uh, scouting staff that's yeah basically the core of it and obviously you'll need a good scouting staff past your number the obvious number one dummy pick you know after yeah. that second round third round that's when you know your staff you know that's that's when it's gonna be worth its weight in gold if they're worth it and um not to extend on this even further but we've shane we actually had an entire episode on you interviewing two executives in the NHL about establishing a winning culture as opposed to going into a full rebuild. Um, So if you haven't listened to that podcast, go back, listen to it. I want to say it's maybe a month ago, month and a half ago or so uh, that we actually did that recording. And um, we, you know, the compare and the contrast between, you know, what Buffalo and what Edmonton did for so long and still kind of where they're at as opposed to, keeping the winning culture and the the core of players that establish the culture where they play Puerto Rican club dance music for their winning songs in the locker room um, may be worth not tanking for. Oh, you know, I want to mention too, actually, it's another funny uh, Bob quote that <laughs> from, from, from today. He actually brought up Evander Kane, and we didn't even ask about Evander Kane. Uh, but he was asked about the death of the shark scoring. It's it was related to the to what he said about uh, Bonino and Nieto and Cogliano and, and all that. And mm-hmm. uh, he said something to the effect, "Well, if you take away the leading scorer from any team, you talk about the Sharks this year and their lack of yeah. forward depth and their lack of scoring and all that stuff." He, and he said, "If you take away the leading scorer from any team, uh, it's going to affect them." You know, he's and he he cited, "If you take Kopitar away from the Kings, it's going to hurt them." And he actually never said Andrew Kane's name, but that's who he was talking about. Yeah, he's and, and what I found interesting about that is it is underrated, you know, whatever you thought of Evander off the ice, right? Um, on the ice, obviously, he was a contributor. And I think the Sharks were projecting that he would be part of, you know, as recently as, say, six months ago. They were projecting that Evander Kane, well, maybe not six months ago. We're already in February, right? It's been a long yeah, time almost since summer. A year. Uh, let's, say, let's say a year ago. Let's say a year yeah. ago. A year ago, they were projecting Evander Kane would still be on his team. Now, can you imagine a Sharks team with Evander Kane like they're supposed to have? Uh, and let's say he's not, you know, doing all that stuff off the ice and he's not 
upsetting people in a locker room. But yeah, let's, let's isolate have, the variables. Yeah, here. let's isolate that you have the on the ice of Andrew Kane, like you expected. You have Timo Meyer's improvement. You have Eric Carlson's kind of revival. Suddenly, this team is probably way closer to. Again, you know, it's not a, a cup contender, but is it a team? Is that a team? If you add Evander Kane, or a, let's not use him because uh, he's gone, obviously, and there's reasons why he's gone. But let's say you add any player, any 30-goal player to this team right now. Um, and let's say you've had this player for the entire season at, like you were supposed to. Uh, is this team right there for the last wild card spot? You know, three more wins? Maybe. I, I don't think yeah. that's that's a ridiculous. Uh, you know, if you basically add right now, it'll be about twenty goals right now to this to this team. You know, yeah. I think. Uh, Let's it, hypothetically it's, it's, add a guy named Joe Pavelski into the situation. Sure. Yeah, that's <laughs> actually great. That's actually maybe the one to add, right? Yeah. So yeah. So let's say let's say that that it Joe hurts. Joe were still here and producing like he is in Dallas, right? Um, is this a playoff team? It's definitely like not just like far from the fringe playoff team like this one is right now, but it's really yeah. right there on the fringe or it might be right in it. Right. Yeah. And so <clears throat> that's how you improve your current team and not rebuild. Right. Because your big money players, they play well, they come back, they show who they are, be it again, Timo Meyer, Eric Carlson. Right. And underneath the team, the foundation of it, you improve it with keeping your draft picks, uh, Drafting well, obviously, uh, signing free agents, you know, uh, out of college, all that kind of stuff, KHL free agents, all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. And you hope some of these guys hit. Right. And so, yeah, so it's it's very doable to improve the current team and not rebuild. Now, is it a long term plan? Good question. Is it a plan that's going to lead to a Stanley Cup for the Sharks in the next five years? Good question. Uh, but can you improve the team? Yes, very much so. Very, it's very. Uh, I think it's actually. Uh, I don't want to say easy, but uh, as long as the guys that you pay the big money to resemble, at least resemble who they're supposed to resemble, then you're right there, and that's what's happened with the Sharks this year. You're just doing money ball. You're doing dollar per point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving into our next question, uh, coming from Eric the Red ninety two. They say, "Is there a difference between rebuilding and intentionally losing?" He goes on to say, you know, he wants to see the Sharks win every game, no matter what, how much talent's on the roster. Um, so is there a difference there, Shank? Is there a, is there a big difference between rebuilding and intentionally losing? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I would I would say there there can be. Um, I, I, I think that you never want to get to a place where you are intentionally, I don't think so. And I know there have been examples in the past that it seems like teams have intentionally lost games for their draft position. I'll look into that more, but you know, I've talked about this before on this podcast that I think for the young players that you want around, be it, uh, uh, you know, you know, he's not the most popular guy right now, but a guy like say a Noah Brager or Jasper Weatherby, a way more popular guy, Jasper Weatherby, uh, guys like that, right. Uh, Jake Middleton. Uh, you don't want them to be around a losing culture where you're trying to lose, uh, but you can rebuild. You know, you you can you can certainly do that where you're still putting good veterans around them and you're trying your best to win games. And um, so, it, you know, it could be a, a selling kind of the word you use, right? And people have mentioned this, right? That the word rebuilding sounds bad, and so you don't say that. You use other words like reset, retool, all those kind of things, right? But I, I also do not believe that the Sharks are actually rebuilding either, though. Uh, you do not commence a rebuild unless you trade Tomas Hurdle, 
you trade a Brent Burns. You trade the contracts that are tradable. And uh, I don't see that either. And so that's why I mentioned that. I think that the Sharks are kind of doing this have their cake and eat it too sort of plan where they want to keep, again, reasonably afloat, reasonably competitive looking, um, but keep improving, you know, the underneath of the team. And hopefully that underneath of the team rises and develops and uh, they become stars. And then you can couple them with what you have left of your contracts or whatever. And then you have a winning team out of that. I think that that's, that's kind of what they're hoping in, in all this. Hey, we want to take a quick break to thank this week's sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Basketball fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. We're talking between the legs 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. And if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN red line 1-800-889-7989. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpgdotorg slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE. NY or text hope and why to four six seven three six nine yeah it's um it's definitely a uh highly I don't, I don't want to say criticized but like refuted uh path that they're taking they want to continue to be able to sell tickets to casual fans while also to try to appease diehard fans and you have to admit there are very different approaches to how the team should be when comparing the two different subsections of the fan base so yeah i'm gonna uh, look into that because um i feel like i feel like there are probably are going to be examples of teams that have kind of done that but maybe i'm wrong um of sort of kind of straddling that line and then being able to put together a, a much upgraded product uh you know within a couple of years of doing it but we'll see maybe mm-hmm. maybe my research will be wrong um yeah, you know, it's always funny with, you know, this is sort of a aside, but like, you know, today I wrote an article about James Reimer and I mentioned that he's had these stretches. He's played, he started 10 or 10 or more games three times, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just re, just now with the Sharks, obviously 10 straight starts, not great, two, four and four, uh, save percentage, I think of, you know, nine or four or something like that. And yeah. I, I cited the Florida and Toronto uh, examples where he started 17 in a row in Florida and 23 in a row. Uh, for uh, for the Maple Leafs, I didn't think that his numbers were going to be so good. <laughs> you know, you just kind of do the research and you figure out, oh, actually, you know, it's not like he started 17 in a row in Florida and he was like, you know, 4, 12, and 1 and, you know, goals against a 4.5 or something like that. He was great, actually. Uh, yeah. And same with Toronto. Like I said, he went 12, 6, and whatever in those 23 games in Toronto. Um, yeah. So anyway, 
I think it's always uh, worth it, of course, to just dig in and do that research. So the assumption is, yes, you have to do that, uh, something closer to a full-scale rebuild to build that uh, cup-containing team. And I wonder if that's true. And it may sound like I'm just trying to defend what the Sharks are doing or whatnot, but I'm always curious. I'm always curious at poking at sort of uh, what is sort of the accepted truth and poking holes in that. And so the accepted truth here seems to be that, yeah, you got to go to the rebuild. You got to go to that pain to, to win big. And maybe that's true. Uh, or maybe it's not. So that's, that's what I'm going to uh, take, take a, di- uh, a dig into eventually. So, All right. Maybe an off season uh, topic there for us, but maybe next question, or in this case is actually not much of a question actually. Yeah. Yeah. This is actually one of the actual like comments. Like just, we wanted comments as well. We call but it this, this comment. I, I, I do like just because it's different. So yeah. Yeah. Amy is definitely, yeah. hundred percent. This is, this is who Jonathan Becker is definitely speaking to right here. Yeah. Amy <laughs> underscore worth, uh, amazing shark supporter as well. Blatantly just says, I'm not concerned period. <laughs> we've yep. only had three bad seasons honestly we are so spoiled in the bay area i like the upward trajectory hopeful for hopeful for the prospects not sold on the coach long term hate the idea of a full-scale rebuild and i think this is like you said this is who jonathan becker was speaking <laughs> directly to and i think a lot of sharks fans um Aren't I, I? I don't know. I'm pretty sure this that nicely. this isn't Jonathan <laughs> Becker's burner account. I'm just joking. You know? <laughs> that's that's a good one. But no, this is this is exactly like the Sharks have gone 15 years straight. They made the playoffs, right? Yeah. And they ran into the, the LA Kings and the well, sorry, right? The Blackhawks in that time too. Yeah. And all yeah. That, you all know, you're stuff, running right? into yeah. a lot of teams that got. There's a mix of skill and luck involved in winning Stanley sure. Cups and running into hot teams or hot goaltenders, and it never seemed to mesh for the Sharks, right? And now they're at a point where it seems like doom and gloom for the next decade, when in reality, it could only be another two seasons, two to three seasons before this team is a playoff contender. You know, we've talked about point production per dollar earned, whereas if you have a certain number of people producing points, you know, maybe they're overpaid, but then you have a certain number of people on the team that are underpaid. There's a beautiful little dance and delicate sure. balance there on these teams. So this is a more level-headed and logical approach, which is probably why it's not sitting well with a lot of people. Well, no, I mean, I, I, again, I, there's a very strong argument for uh, to really pursue a, a much... Again, I've, I've argued that you can't really do a full-scale re- rebuild because you, you really can't get rid of like Carlson or Vlasic's contract without right. either buying it out or attaching a huge bushel of po- prospects and picks to yeah. it. Um, but can you do more toward that? Yes, the Sharks can. You know, They could have traded Tomas Hurdle last year when he had two years left in his contract and his value was probably higher two years ago. They yeah. could have traded Brent Burns pennies on a dollar just to get rid of the contract. You know, that would be, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, rebuild things that are very, you know, doable um, that the Sharks are choosing not to do, which shows that they are not actually rebuilding. They're not doing, a, you know, necessarily, you know, the stealth tank idea or whatever. Right. Like um, they're not, you know, they're not, uh, you know, John, John the Becker saying we're not rebuilding. And those are the actions that show that the Sharks indeed are not rebuilding. A rebuilding team, like I said, would have done, I think, those two things. Uh, uh, traded Hurdle last season um, and uh, traded Burns off already. Um, but anyway, 
but uh, Amy's uh, points too are are not uh, are not off either. Too the team does appear to be on upward trajectory. Uh, I think everybody can agree, right? Even the fans that want the full rebuild, um, or those like Amy who want to you know pause on that or don't want to do that. That they like the prospects more, right? Uh, now than they did uh, three years ago. Um, so. So, so you can say that there is indeed that sort of that, that upward trajectory that that is, that is a real thing. You know, the sharks, and I, I think that is what the sharks are trying to do. They keep trying to add draft picks and slowly build the team. Slowly, the Yeah. Slowly, slowly build that, 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 that prospect pull back up and hopefully a couple of these guys hit. And if these guys hit early enough, then the team can be really good soon. You know, you, uh, draft a William Eck. Let's just give an example, right? Like, I don't want to yeah. put this kind of pressure on Eklin, but let's, we already have on this podcast. We, yeah, <laughs> a, lot, a, a lot of podcasts, right? Because he is sort of the the guy that the Sharks have. Okay, so let's not even use Eklin. I, I, yeah, let's 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 let's, let's, let's yeah, let's just use Portolo just because we don't we don't uh, bring his name up. Let's say uh, Portolo steps in and he's a fifty point guy next year. Uh, and let's say well, let's keep Eklin at at that too, right? I'm not, these are it's far fetched, not likely to happen. Uh, but let's say you had two guys like that, and let's say you managed to keep Tomas Trudeau, you still have Timo Meyer, and you have everybody else kind of, and then that's starting to look like a competitive kind of, uh, you know, top nine right there, maybe. So, yeah. So it's, 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 it's really, you know, these, these kind of, uh, uh, rolls of the dice with, uh, with prospects or whatnot, right? And granted, again, you know, very well recognized that the higher you pick, the more high, you know, the more uh, the, the higher your likelihood of getting high end talent. So there's no there's no denying that, right? Which I know that's the argument of a lot of people that want to go with that full scale re- rebuild. You want to have uh, better kind of odds, you know. You you want uh, you want your your get you know you would rather be gambling on a number one pick than uh, the 17th overall pick in the draft. So get that. Yeah. Now, obviously, you know that that makes sense. But if you gamble right with one of these, you know, mid mid round picks. And it's not even gamble, right? You scout, right? I guess, right? You get another hurdle or whatever, right? Then suddenly your your reset looks a, a lot more like like you know that 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 the reset is done, and you know the team is, is sort of uh, has arrived. If you get the right guy and he is good soon enough, and with every year of development is one year off of Mark Edward Vlasic's contract. Yep. <laughs> That's one year closer to $7 million <laughs> off the books. So, All right, moving to our next question. Really short, simple, sweet to the point. This one's from at Red Shark Pack. They ask, are the Sharks hurting long-term success for ticket sales right now? Um, We don't know that for sure because they may be still be able to achieve long-term success with sort of this uh, middle-of-the-road path that they're taking. Uh, but for sure, ticket sales do matter to them. I mean, that's Jonathan Becker says that flat out in, 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 in his press conference. And so if you think that a full rebuild is the only path for long-term success, then I guess you can say that, but uh, the Sharks obviously do not think so. You know, Sharks want to win. The Sharks want to be a long-term success too. They want to get back to where they've been in that 15 year stretch uh, where they're making the playoffs every year. And they were legit cup to t- cup contenders for most of those 15 years. They want to get back to that point. Um, so 
they would definitely not agree that they are hurting their long-term success for ticket sales. But <laughs> I mean, I can see where that that question comes from. So I, I would say that's not cut and dry. Yeah. Um, yeah, a bit I, loaded, a bit of a loaded. Question. Yeah, I mean, for sure, the for sure the for sure the 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 the, I, the sharks believe. It, I don't think it that the discussion is, you know, one or the other. Like, oh well, you know, we can be good for the next, you know, we can be a great team for the next ten years, or we can just sell a thousand more season tickets next year. It's not that conversation. It's not that that black and white that sort of thing. Uh, again, I think the belief is for the sharks that you can sell those extra season tickets or whatever and still build long-term uh, with this team. Yeah, you know, some fans are going to have the... They keep rolling the same yucky stuff out there. Why do I want to go to a game? And some fans are going to be on the other side of that. Like, oh, they're just rolling a bunch of kids out there that don't have a chance to win. Why do I want to go to the game? It is so interesting, you know, like, uh, you know, I I, I, I know that uh, that some fans may have liked that phrasing that uh, that Jonathan used about sort of the minority of Sharks fans. And um, since you guys did not get to listen to the press conference uh, in all uh, reality, minority, <laughs> that was actually my question. I, and I phrased it uh, something like that. So let's not uh, blame uh, Jonathan completely for that. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember exactly how I phrased it. Uh, let me yeah, let me think about it for a second. Um, I think, I think I asked something like something to the effect of, um, you know, there is a minority of Sharks fans uh, out there, uh, you know, very loud minority. And I actually do think it's a you you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. But, you know, I think like on Twitter, uh, it seems like the majority. Right. But I, I recognize that, you know, Sharks, you know, Sharks fans that, you know, that well, it's now the 12,000 or 11,000 that go, not the 16,000, but the 11 or 12,000 that go that most of them probably aren't really on Twitter. Right. Most of them are, you know, th- just it just it, that's not their lifeline to sharks news um and so i think there's a good chance that that most of them want to go and see somebody they recognize they want to go and see oh hey i recognize that you know that 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 crazy looking dude with the beard you know that defenseman there right brent burns right or that guy with a huge smile you know thomas shirtle they want to see guys they recognize out there and so that's why i use that phrase and so I do think a lot of the the diehards, uh, you know, definitely are open to, to that rebuild. But uh, I think though that there is a good chance that it is it is uh, it is it is indeed a minority. Maybe I'm wrong about that, uh, but uh, obviously it's a very loud minority. And you know, uh, you know, a bully uh, to you guys for that. <laughs> so uh, wouldn't have my my job, or you know, you wouldn't be listening if. Uh, if, uh, if if you weren't loud and you didn't care, you know, a lot about the sharks, uh, but. Anyway, it's though, yeah. So anyway, years, I'm the one Shang. who phrased it, huh? What again? It's been 30 years, Shang. The people want their fucking cup. <laughs> but anyway, though, yeah. So I'm the one who 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 uh, who put the question that way. So that's uh, that that's not that's not on on uh, on Jonathan there. Um, but uh, imagine anyway, the though. ticket sales of a Stanley Cup winning team, Shang. <laughs> well, of course, yeah, of course. I'm uh, kidding, kidding. Yeah, kidding. but uh, yeah. So um, just stirring the pot here. Don't mind me. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I'm not even sure where I got to the point where I was explaining where the word uh, minority came from. But that was from me. I actually used that word. Uh, he, I guess he agreed with it. He used it. So I guess that's his fault. <laughs> yeah. He could have pushed back on it. Um, but yeah, I, I sh- we shouldn't have to say this. Don't email Jonathan Becker about rebuilding the team. Oh, I, mean, I don't know. I, I don't. As long as you're polite or whatever, you're. I mean, I, I, you know, it's it's. I mean, email, he, he's very you know. interactive, but I mean, I don't know. It just seems a little silly. 
You can just well, tag I, him. I, yeah, yeah. He does see that. You know, he does see that stuff. He's very much on Twitter. So yeah, you don't need it. I mean, uh, I'm not saying not to email him, but obviously, don't be crass. Don't be, uh, you know, yeah. don't be rude. You know, whatever. Right. Um, but I'm not saying not to email him. Uh, but I will say that he's very much on Twitter, and so you can just add him on Twitter, and that's as good as an email, basically. Chances are he'll see it. Yeah, and and that's why I've actually added him like to a couple of these things, because I think he wants to see this, and then he'll probably listen to this podcast. So Not only will he listen, Shang, he'll respond. He'll probably will respond, too. Yep. No, he does respond. This next question <laughs> he responded to, exactly. <laughs> it, this question was from, and this is it, it's the, uh, the best segue in the history of this podcast so far. <laughs> this one's from at Mr. Underscore Mrs. P-L-8-M-8-K-E-R. That's supposed to be Playmaker, it's but I'm going to spell play, it out there. Play it's like Playmaker, play but just it was probably taken, so they just came up yeah. with a different iteration of it. Okay. And I'm going to go on a little bit of an extension here. It says, mm. are the Sharks the Lakers of the NHL? And I actually saw that, and I had to respond. I was, Could you elaborate a little bit more as to what you mean specifically? Mm. And they said the Lakers couldn't make a trade to help their team in the playoffs. The Sharks can't make a trade to help this team. The Lakers have no assets. No one's trading for any of their big contracts, etc., etc. The Sharks and Lakers both have aging rosters and players that can't stay healthy. They used Anthony Davis and Kevin LeBanc as their comparison. Mm. And then... Oh, boy, that's a stretch. I'm a Lakers fan. <laughs> Jonathan Becker came out and said, and I quote here, um... The Sharks have the 10th youngest roster by age, and rookies have played more games than any other team in the NHL, end quote. So, yes, Jonathan Becker is looking at all these, <laughs> and he he might be listening right now. <laughs> but he does respond. Well, that would be really creepy because we don't, we don't live stream this out there. So if he's listening right now, then... Yeah, but when he's listening or when everyone else is listening, it's right now. You oh, know, come okay. on, it's time difference. You know, right, we're time right, traveling right, now. Right. We're already in the future, Shane. Jeez. <laughs> But yeah, since I'm not a big basketball follower, since I live in the land of uh, miserable basketball up in Sacramento. You have no reason to be. Yeah, yeah. Let's not make Golden One Center eyes capable. Don't get me started on that. Uh, are the Sharks the Lakers of the NHL, Shang? Yes, I can answer this because I'm a big Lakers fan. I'll say absolutely not because the Lakers every year are still trying to win a championship. Even this past year, right, where they added Russell Westbrook, obviously hasn't worked out, but that was their bid. That was a big name player uh, and just did not work out, obviously. Right. And so the Lakers have been doing that pretty much since uh, they, you know, got LeBron to sign with them. Well, the first year or two, they were still trying to work out the get, you know, uh, you know, work with some of the young players they had there and see if they could make anything out of that. But uh, the last three years or so, right. Training for Anthony Davis and a lot of their bench acquisitions or whatnot have been clearly with the idea of winning a championship just hasn't worked out. The Sharks' yeah. biggest uh, signing uh, in the last uh, since they traded the, the Sharks' biggest move since they traded for Eric Carlson was I think it's been trading for Aiden Hill or maybe it's signing Nick Bonino. <laughs> that's not the equivalent of trading for Russell Westbrook or trading for Anthony Davis. <laughs> so, yeah. so no, the Sharks are not the Lakers of the the, the NHL. Uh, I know there are some comparisons in terms of the aging players that uh, aging aging stars that don't you know that aren't quite who they were that sort of thing so there's some resemblance of that but uh the lakers are still in a win now mode they are as long as uh, lebron stays healthy and, and is still playing at a high level uh which he is and uh the sharks are 
trying to win, but they are not in a win now, win win the cup kind of mode at all. Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about basketball, but I don't think that they have a hard cap as well. So the luxury tax, I believe, plays a lot into stuff like that too. There's so many different aspects. Uh, you know, fifty plus contracts, you know, all kinds. Well, of stuff but just the the, the point though is that the, that one general. team we're talking about is a win now team that is you know made some bad moves <laughs> so yeah. they're not they're not winning now that's the lakers and then you have the sharks who you know were a win now team uh but uh obviously uh that you know they're not at the at the moment you know 20 the 2019 20 sharks that might have been uh, closer to lakers because they had just signed carlson definitely a win now a win now move uh they still had a you know uh, they were missing a lot of guys out they obviously lost pavelski but they still had thornton uh, and so they had these big name guys that were sort of fading uh, a little bit more than, than you wanted, obviously. And so maybe the 2019, 20 sharks might've been uh, not that far from that comparison. And they were throwing out some kind of weird rookies out there in 2019, 20. Uh, and I think the Lakers probably have done that just because they've had to too, uh, this year, just because, you know, they're, you know, they, they spent so much money in other areas. And so that, that team might've been kind of like the Lakers, but yeah, not, not this one though. And Jonathan's right. Uh, the Sharks have a very young roster overall, and they played a lot of rookies. Uh, question, of course, is how good are these rookies? But they are better than the rookies from two years ago for, for the most part. So <laughs> don't know how much that's saying, but that's yeah. <laughs> something. It's improvement. So it's improvement. Gotcha. Next question coming in from at Lennon 925 What are the chances of Hurdle going to chase a cup this year and return next year to obtain more assets for the Sharks? So right, pulls you know, it's job. highly, highly unlikely. I mean, it's possible, sure. Um, uh, you mentioned uh, uh, the Marlowe example, right? Um, but Marlowe, too, was also not, uh, after his run in Pittsburgh there, right, when he came back, right, wasn't the highest in demand asset by any stretch. I think that and the, he could have gone to another team probably, but it's not like uh, cup contenders were banging at his door probably. And also, too, I think that, I, I don't know. I've never asked him actually about this, but did he want to break Orde Howe's record as a shark? Like, was that really important to him, particularly to do with the sharks? Maybe it's it's possible. Um, and so that could have been another reason for for him to come come back um, after that little run with the with the Penguins didn't didn't work out. But it has happened before, though. One that I read about, um, I was looking into it. Just curious. Usually doesn't happen, but I think Keith Kachuk did it when he got traded to Atlanta a long time ago and he came back and signed with the blues uh but kachuk was also a bit of an older player in his 30s and a bit more uh, kind of <clears throat> established in st louis kind of uh hurdle is in his 20s kind of in his prime yes you know has been in san jose for a while so uh but um i would again say it's highly highly unlikely that uh you know it's a dream obviously uh that would be you know every sharks fan sort of um wow yeah let's trade hurdle for a, a good prospect and a first round pick and then he comes back next year <laughs> yeah inside but, job tomas <laughs> yeah exactly but uh i would just say that that's highly 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 unlikely so one percent <laughs> maybe <laughs> skim milk I, I think I think uh, the Sharks have a better chance of making the playoffs than that happening, but that's just my opinion. So, so I don't yeah, know. I, I don't have any insight 1%. on that The one. Sharks are at 2% now. That's double the chance. <laughs> I, I don't think it's that high. I don't think it's one, but yeah, but. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Um, a next question here I got from at Yetso97. They ask, 
is there a slight, super small, microscopic chance that they're not going into a rebuild this year so that way they can go into a next year for the stronger draft class? Um, I would say no. Yeah, I highly doubt it because yeah. every, we spoke with Jonathan eight months ago and he said he put out the same message. Uh, when we spoke with Doug Wilson you know, last season, uh, it's the same message. This team is not in a rebuild. And the moves that they're making that they want to make uh, don't suggest that they're in a rebuild. And again, these are things like the things maybe that they're not doing, right? Like not trading in Brent Burns and the things that they want to do, like sign Thomas Hurdle. Uh, so if they start to do some of these things, like, and they may be forced to trade hurdle and it doesn't, that doesn't mean by the way, at the beginning of a rebuild, that's been an assumption of, uh, of, of a lot of people. I may have even written that before. I got to look back to see if I made that mistake, but, um, you would think it would be the start of a rebuild, but it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like they, you know, they're, they're just going to figure out how, how, how they, you know, fill that huge hole. If, if that happens, if they are forced to trade a, trade a hurdle. Uh, because Hurdle doesn't want to come back. Um, but, yeah, so anyway, uh, the answer to your question is uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Next question coming from at dump underscore and underscore Corsi. I love that name. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> How likely is a more large-scale renovation of the arena in the next five years? And then he says, Wilson has mentioned in the last two years that a new or seriously overhauled building could be needed soon. And this is what you alluded to in the beginning of the right. podcast. So I'll let you take over. Right. And so this this was uh, sort of the, uh, I, I think, the uh, underrated gem of the press conference that John then talked about uh, turning the SAP Center into kind of what uh, the how uh, they've renovated uh, Madison Square Garden. And I was at Madison Square Garden to cover uh, the Sharks Rangers a couple months ago. And I, I got to say that um, they, they did it right there. Then uh, the press area was beautiful. It was one of the best press areas I've ever been in. Not, not because of the snacks or anything, anything stupid like that, <laughs> but just how close we were to the action and just, uh, you know, the, the fans, you know, every seat looked like a great seat. Uh, it, it looked, it looked like a high class place, even though Madison square garden is the oldest arena, I believe in the league, you know, you, you can turn something that was built in the sixties into something great, as long as you just take the time to do it. And so uh, to hear the sharks want to do that is, is amazing. I don't know if they, you know, because Madison square garden was a billion dollar, I think, uh, overhaul. I looked, I, 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 I looked at that after uh, Jonathan mentioned that, um, don't know if if uh, if Hasso and the city and whoever they're gonna, is going to put a million into it, uh, but if they do, then you know maybe they'll come out with something quite impressive there. Uh, but also too, I think the other point of this too that Jonathan did mention is that they want more clarity on what's happening with the Google situation in terms of the uh, you know they, and you, you probably meant you probably heard Jonathan Becker talk about it before in terms of uh, the worry about you know, traffic going into SAP center to a sharks game when there's multiple construction projects going around, around there, be it the Google development project or BART or Cal, uh, you know, Caltrain or things like that. Right. All things mm -hmm. that, uh, are roughly scheduled to all happen at the same time. Right. And you don't want to build this sort of this jewel of, of, of Northern California, uh, or something like Madison square garden, uh, when fans can't get to it, obviously. And so, um, so it sounds like, it, it could be it, 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 it's not that it's not what's going to happen in the next five years, <clears throat> but 
if things kind of work out with all the Google stuff and, you know, it just, it doesn't become the mess that the sharks are worried about and they work that stuff out. It sounds like long-term that that's what they want to do. And let's, and let's hope so. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I would highly recommend if you get a chance to go to the renovated Madison square garden to watch a Rangers Knicks game or whatever's there to go, to go, uh, to go check it out. Um, just a just overall experience, you know, like it didn't, it didn't lose any of the sort of the aura uh, the sort of the, the history, I guess, that, that you sort of feel when you're watching the game there. Uh, but it felt upscale, it felt luxurious. And uh, it just, it was, it was, it was uh, one of my favorite uh, press box experiences ever. I just loved taking in, taking in the game there. And uh, I hope that fans can, can, can enjoy it uh, too. And so if they turn SAP center to that, because I have to say watching a game from the SAP center press box is one of the most unpleasant press box experiences uh, out there. And that's nothing against the sharks or whatever, just that from what I understand, talking to people, uh, SAP center was built to be a basketball arena, a basketball arena. Uh, the, the press area, of course, is courtside. Uh, you don't do that in hockey, obviously. You don't put the press area rinkside. And so when they got this, they had to put a press area somewhere in SAP Center, and they put it up in the rafters. And so that was not uh, in the original plan, basically. And if you guys ever get a chance to tour uh, the SAP Center press box, and Nick, obviously, you've been in it too, that place does not look planned. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a regular every other press box almost every other press box i've been to there's no rafters you had to walk through uh that that sort of thing you know i think calgary has that uh but calgary i haven't been to the to to i haven't covered a flames game yet but uh but that arena is pretty old too but you mean the most four different boxes. doors that you gotta go exactly, through yeah, and, and the go up the stairs and, yeah like uh you know literally phantom of the opera kind of stuff you know oh yeah um i and, thought you were taking me to narnia yeah exactly like, where are right? we yeah. going <laughs> yeah go through the, the the wardrobe right yeah so yeah. Uh, narnia right and so um so it's definitely and it's for what they you know for the space that they had it's not it's great it's you know i i like the game i'm not i'm not complaining about that part of it but it is not a regular press box by by any stretch it is indeed looks like a press box that was an afterthought at first and they've done the best that they can with it to make it you know to, to make it a, a nhl caliber and they have um, yeah. but, uh, it's not a regular press box by any stretch. And so if they turn it into Madison square garden, I would love that. God bless anybody who's trying to wear heels to get up to the SAP center press box. And anyone who's over six foot <laughs> probably got really close to hitting one of the support beams. Cause I know I did. <laughs> so bless your souls. <laughs> All right. Next up. We're finally venturing out of now. I don't know exactly how many of these we'll do. Yeah, Nick, what um, do you? How many? How many do you, do you want to call here? So yeah, we've, uh, we've got a three, we've got a three parter. They'll probably be cl- uh, close to um, like a lot shorter. These questions are our answers to these questions. Um, but we'll we'll probably what do, do you, about, what do you what do you what do you want to hear, Nick? So. Yeah, we'll we'll probably do like four. Why, of these why don't you, I'll why pick, you them. pick? Yeah, you, I'll you pick tell them me, as we you go. Tell me down. what you want to hear. So yeah, yeah, we'll, I'll pick them as we go down. Um, this first one is from at d underscore. I think it's Smizman or Smizman. They got the three different questions. Um, I don't think there's anything. They're great questions. Honestly, they are. The first one, do you see a situation where Vlasic goes to Montreal for price, no salary retained on either side? I would say no. The Sharks don't want to do that. I don't, I'm don't. i sure Montreal would probably like to do that. 
just comparing the cap numbers is a three million dollar difference three and a half million dollar difference with carry price making 10.5 as opposed to Vlasic only making seven the biggest thing there is term um term you're looking at another including this year you're looking at another five years am i counting that right okay well after both, they both expire 2026 so they expire at the same time oh okay and, sorry and uh and but then uh price is 3.5 million more yeah that's um what it was. i think the argument for price obviously is that he was uh closer to an uh, impact player as recently as last playoffs when he led the canadian suit to the to the cup final uh, the mm-hmm. last time Vlasic was probably impact player was 2018-19. And so you're paying more money, uh, but you're getting arguably, you know, once uh, uh, Kerry comes back, uh, hopefully from uh, his kind of, uh, his, his, you know, what he's been uh, dealing with, uh, you're getting probably a better player, um, a more impactful player. But uh, the risk for it, yeah, I'm not really seeing it. Um, the Sharks can't really afford to take on 3.5 plus a year. Yeah. Even even if it is for uh, probably a probably better player, um, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not seeing. I, you know, I get the the idea of where you're coming from, and I'm just kind of looking at this now. So that's why I'm kind of pausing to look at sort of the the puckpedia figures and and sort of uh, figure out, you know, um, uh, what you know what what kind of makes sense for the for the sharks here. Um, there is an argument for it if you're the Sharks, just because you're getting who should be a better player, a player that uh, if he is healthy and engaged and wants to play, that he can still be impact player. Whereas Vlasic, you're not, you know, I, you know, I think, I think that 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 time has passed him uh, being an impact yeah. player. Um, I guess you're shooting at the higher upside there with Carey. Yeah, Price of course, yeah, yeah, man. Um, but just expensive, but yeah. But it's that so. money. Yeah, it's that $3.5 million. My apologies on the term. We've been talking about Evander Kane's contract for so many goddamn months straight now that <laughs> I forget. They have the same annual average value, but they expire differently. So that's my yeah. apologies on so, that. So, yeah. So, um, I don't know. Uh, I You know, I would think about it, though, because, look, if you're the Sharks and you, you really, like, you don't want to go into a full rebuild and – Carry Price is 34 now. Goalies can age, you know, uh, reasonably well into their into their uh, uh, later 30s. Um, can Carry Price be if he wants to be one of those players? Well, you know, he has a talent too, right? I think we probably agree that at least based on last playoffs, that this is still a pretty talented uh, goaltender, all in all. Yeah. Um, but that 3.5 is pretty scary if you're the Sharks. But I would say though that I would I would think about it if I was the GM. If I was a Sharks, though, I would think that they would not just because of that extra 3.5 that Kerry is carrying there uh, per year. is just too much of a risk, you know. Um, uh, so I would say probably not, but um, it's worth thinking about, though. So Something I've definitely tragic heard. would have to happen in the goaltending situation for the Sharks. Well, no, I disagree with that. I mean, look, like James Rummer has done a nice job uh, this year, uh, but... You know he he's not necessarily looking like he's going to be a long term solution for the Sharks. Mm-hmm. And Aiden Hill uh, also, uh, you know, Aiden Hill has a lot of question marks, right? Aiden Hill has not been as good as uh, James Reimer, and they're both mm-hmm. signed to the same short term contract. But you do bring up a good point though in terms of, uh, you know, the Sharks. If you know if they do uh, consider this kind of trade, I mean that's pretty wild that they'll be 
paying Carey Price 10.5. Let's say they're paying a Reimer or whoever they keep, right? Let's say they make this trade this offseason. They, they keep one of Reimer or Hill. So you're so you're paying your backup 2.1. And you're also still paying Martin Jones. <laughs> yeah. So you're basically paying uh, in this scenario. Let's see. Martin Jones's cap hit next year is actually goes up to 2.4. So you're basically paying uh, $15 million for uh, two goalies and one dead cap one. And so that is not a great, you know, uh, percentage management. for <laughs> management. Yeah. But uh, uh, I guess so the Sharks have been paying Carlson, Burns, and Vlasic uh, oh. 26.5. So, oh. you know, that allocation wasn't great either. So, oh. <laughs> so yeah. So I don't know. I, I think all of it is is up to how much you believe in Carey Price. And if you're the Sharks to consider it, like if you really like Carey Price and you really believe that he wants to, you know, he still wants to be a number one guy in the NHL and you believe that he uh, has the ability to for the next, you know, few years or so, then this would be actually a deal that you can win even with the extra cap charge. But he better be that guy, though. He better be a $10 million goalie uh, or at least a high, really high level goalie. Um, Otherwise, you know, you're just stuck with a a you know mark edward like uh worse than a, a velocity contract but you know more expensive so you're stuck with kind of a carlson like contract except it's not the carlson from this year it's carlson from last year so so uh yeah so so yeah so i i think that's an interesting thought though and he they had uh two other questions i'm, I'm gonna leave those out because i think it would be a little bit unfair to some of the other I'll, I'll, one of them i'll, I'll answer the bees i think it's it's one that we'll get a lot and it's a pretty quick one so uh, you asked, uh, do we see a Burns trade at the draft? Uh, I do not think so. Uh, I do believe, again, that the Sharks are not rebuilding. Trading Burns would be a concession to, toward kind of a soft rebuild, which we've talked about in previous podcasts, because you can't do the full rebuild because you can't get rid of some of these contracts. But Burns' contract is one you can get rid of. And that would be sort of, like I said, a soft dump of contracts. But I don't believe that the Sharks are doing that. I think that my guess is that they see Brent Burns as sort of a leader, a guy that can shepherd uh, guys like Mario Ferraro, other young defensemen into, into the kind of the, the future. Now, the one thing I will say, though, that um, that that uh, could happen and that could make your premise of a Burns trade at draft conceivable is if Brent Burns wants to leave. Well, Brent Burns, obviously, 36 years old, has not won a Stanley Cup, uh, still has some game left. You know, uh, he may not be a number one defenseman anymore, but talking to everybody I talk to, you know, still believes, you know, these are scouts, whatnot, right? Still, they still like his game. They still believe that he is a good three, four defenseman. You know, this is not a guy that has lost uh, all or most of his game, you know, like a Vlasic. Uh, so, you know, Burns is still a high level player, can still help a winning team out. And so while he still can, uh, would you blame him if he wanted to win a Stanley Cup somewhere or chase a cup somewhere? No, you 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 know you you would not. I think actually uh, Kevin Kurz wrote in an article last year, last summer that 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 Burns uh, might be interested or would be willing, would be open to being moved uh, if that kind of opportunity uh, arose. Um, mm-hmm. So I think if Brent wants to trade and he wants to go to contender, then they will trade him. Um, so I guess we'll we'll leave it at that. So if after the season, if the Sharks do not make the playoffs, you know, once again, and if he, you know, hurdle is gone, and if Burns looks around, sees a writing on writing on the wall, and just says, yeah, you know, I want to go somewhere. Well, you know, I have a couple of years left in me here. You know, I want to try to try to you know chase the cup uh, like a Joe Thornton. Um, the Sharks, I believe, would accommodate him. So. 
Uh, that's my belief. I may have not asked anyone inside about that, but that just makes sense. You know, the Sharks have tremendous respect for Brent Burns, and I believe that they will want him to stay to be a leader and to play 28 minutes a night. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but to, to be a part of sort of the, the new Sharks, you know, that's the kind of guy that you want around to, 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 you know, show the guys the ways from the past to, to show, you know, to pass on what, what uh, Brent may have learned from a Joe Thornton, from a Joe Pavelski and so on. And so I think the Sharks want him to stay around. Um, but again, if Brent wants to leave, then, uh, yeah, I believe that they will accommodate him. Yeah. It's a different conversation for another day of what the return would be on Brent sure. Burns. There's too many variables existing in that situation, but, um, definitely a possibility, a higher percentage chance of a Burns trade as opposed to a Vlasic price swap. I'd probably say. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess I, I think that that's that's fair to say. But again, mm-hmm. uh, I would only say that it's a higher chance only if Burns wants it. If Burns yeah. doesn't want it, then I think the Sharks are keeping him. And I, then I would say that it is a lower chance than yeah. <laughs> than, than than a price Vlasic swap. And also, too, Burns yeah. does have a mm-hmm. limited uh, a, a trade clause where they can only trade him to certain teams. But anyway, though, a team that's Three trading teams. for Brent Burns is likely going to be a contender. And so I would think that Burns wanted to leave. He would open up that list as long as the team is a good team. Yeah. It's currently a three team list. Yeah. So um, another question we have uh, pertaining to something that's actually, you know, might be coming up here pretty soon from at Garrett Larson one. Do you think the sharks would trade Reimer if a playoff team steps up with an offer for him? And would Reimer be interested in moving if that was to be the case? Well, the answer to the, the, the second question first, uh, Reimer, oh, he does have a no trade. <laughs> yeah, I actually didn't think <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that. I actually forgot that. Okay, so five, well, it's a really limited one. It's a five-team no trade. So there's five places they can trade him to. Okay, well, <laughs> that means there's 25 other places they can trade him to. So, yeah. so Reimer doesn't really have too much say on it so much. Um, and so, yeah, so, so to answer that part of it, so I, I don't, I don't think that's, that's a question mark here. And James hasn't built up the kind of, you know, we just talked about Brent Burns If Brent wants to stay. He stays If Brent wants to go. He goes, um, you know, Reimer definitely hasn't built that kind of capital up here to, to, to have that much of a say on his decision. Uh, right. so do the Sharks trade him if a playoff team steps up with an offer for him? Um, I think if it's a really good offer, if it's sort of a sillyish offer, maybe like a second round pick or something like that, then I think they they would probably do it. Uh, this is a guess here, um, but otherwise, though, you know, if it's a typical like a fourth round pick or something like that, which you know, if you if you guys saw it, I think uh, last week I put up an article uh, on NBC Sharks about what uh, what people were saying, scouts, executives I talked to, what people were saying. Uh, guys like a Barabanov would bring back uh, James Reimer, that sort of thing, right? With Reimer, the consensus was that it probably wouldn't be that high value, just because goaltenders are kind of weird. We know how valuable James Reimer has been to the Sharks, but usually goaltenders in trade just don't bring back a lot. Uh, that's just sort of the, the norm, especially too. Like, look, you were training for James Reimer, right? I like James Reimer, but he's not going to be a, a, a starter for a playoff team. Not necessarily, unless there's an injury, right? So you're basically bringing him back. You're bringing him uh, in to be insurance somewhere. And so if you're trading for him as insurance, you're not going to trade a lot for what's basically a 
you know, a very expensive, uh, a luxury backup goalie, which is basically yeah. what 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 his role would be probably for a team. You're not going to trade a ton for that. And so if a team throws out a fourth round pick, maybe you just pass on it because, look, if you trade a James Reimer, you got to replace him the next year. And yes, you know, you might be able to, it may not be that hard to replace him, but James is great in the locker room, super positive. He's performed well, obviously. Um, so there's a lot of reasons to kind of kind of keep him. And if all you're getting for him is, like you said, a mid-round pick, maybe just say, yeah, you know what? Better just to just to roll with him next year so we don't have to worry about that position so much uh, this, you know, this offseason. Uh, but if a team, like you said, steps up with a nice offer, then I would think that 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 they would and they probably should. Uh, but again, that's just a guess. Ding dong, Toronto's calling. <laughs> uh, yeah, James also has that second year on that contract, so he's not even a true rental. They would have to also eat that. Yeah, but that that could make year. him more attractive too, just because uh, his, you know, I think he's two point one or something like two point two five, so it's not too uh, too high as long as your number one isn't making too much. Um, so gotcha. Yeah. All right, Shang. Is there anything else on this list that you like that you want to see? We've got. Yeah, you, 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 you. Quite a bit uh, here of time. Dealer's choice here, so uh, we can we can finish them too, or or we can not not do them too. It's up to you. So Um, we'll we'll finish with this one because it's looking to the future. There was a a good power play one that I wanted to get into as well because it it mentions us. So there's a little bit of a vanity there. You can you can um, uh, guys uh, if you didn't get your question answered, you can you can blame me for my my uh, Zach Sachenko a riff from from yeah. Yeah, more goalie talk. Um, the last one here is from at Spiff underscore T Spaceman. Uh, are there any players on the CUDA that you see progressing to the NHL next season? and Or are all the prospects with real promise playing elsewhere? By the way, Shang, mm-hmm. you have new CUDA coverage. I think this is a great opportunity. I don't know if we've made the announcement on here yet. You have a couple of different folks covering the CUDA now. Yes, I do. Uh, so I have uh, Liz Child and Kat Petre. Uh, they've both written uh, excellent stories about the CUDA already. Uh, Kat wrote a story about Nick Merkley, and Liz uh, wrote a story about Jake McGrew. So you can check those out at San Jose Hockey Now. And they'll both be stepping up their coverage in the last uh, you know couple months here of the Barracuda season. Uh, Liz has something about Dylan Hamaluk, uh, the forgotten second-round pick, uh, coming out soon. And I think Cat uh, is something with uh, Santeri Hadika. Um, so anyway, so yeah, check 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 it out. Yeah, thank you for reminding me uh, of that. Um, and, and may also yeah. be a reason why I picked this question as our last question, so we yes. can plug them in. Make sure you're giving them a follow. <laughs> Make sure you go follow them on Twitter for all their coverage. Yes, uh, but yes, uh, yeah, yeah, it see... is uh, also to their, their Twitter handles. Uh, Liz Child is at Liz Child double Z, uh, and Cat. Uh, Cat's uh, Twitter is, I think it's uh, the Rio. Yeah. The oh yeah, the Rio Cat Petre, K A T P I T R E. So uh, take a take take a take a take take a take a look uh, and follow, please. Yeah. Um, so anyway, to answer your question, though, Spiff, and I love uh, your name. I know you're <laughs> a frequent uh, commenter, but I'm a big Calvin and Hobbes fan, so uh, totally totally get the reference. Um, in the words of Captain America. I get that reference. Uh, but anyway, though, wow, I'm looking at Barracuda. Uh, Joachim Blickfeld has a minus 29. <laughs> Didn't know that. <laughs> anyway, uh, to answer, answer your question, um, 
Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, you know, there's nobody clear cut here uh, that I think is absolutely going to make the jump next year. Um, and I, well, I guess Ryan Merkley, but let's not count him because Merkley is on the Sharks already. Um, but let's let's talk about guys who are playing for the Barracuda at at the moment. Um, there's nobody clear cut. I think that stands out. That's going to be a must for the Sharks next year, or is you know going to going to absolutely going to slide in. Uh, no one's been that good i guess uh but there are guys with with talent here and guys that they have a good summer uh, for sure that they can challenge for a job like uh, on the sharks look again you know, we talk about noah gregor uh um you know everybody's a a, a not favorite uh, uh snake bitten <laughs> uh a winger there or uh, as i coined a couple days ago no no gregor right so yeah but uh he has improved. I, I wish he would score a couple of goals just so fans would get off his back and see the improvements in his all around game because there have been uh, significant improvements in his all around game. And that's stuff that happens during the summer. Guys mature, uh, guys uh, get a little faster, a little stronger, or guys just sort of slow down in their head. They're comfortable with where they're at when they're in the NHL. They're comfortable with the speed, you know, that extra, uh, whatever, that extra summer, right? And so a guy like a John Leonard, I can see that happening with him. A guy like a Scott Reedy, um, who has looked a little bit uh, lost, I would say, in the NHL when he's been up here, but has obviously done well with the Barracuda. So, you know, could a, could a, a good summer, uh, more physical development, that sort of thing, put him in position for an NHL job next year? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I think those are a couple guys that stand out here. Uh, Hadika, for sure, the Sharks like him. He's a very talented uh, defenseman. And we've seen uh, in the games he's played with the Sharks, you know, how well he can skate right. That's a very translatable skill already to the NHL. Um, so if he develops other parts of his game, uh, he may be with the, sh- the Sharks sooner than later. later. Um, Artemi Kinyazev, uh, who I think started off the season pretty quiet, but I've heard better reports about him recently. And so that's a guy that is, you know, the stats don't look great, you know, uh, but he's young, just uh, just 20, I believe. And so, you know, he's a guy, has a great summer. You know, can you see him uh, with the Sharks next year? I think he can be in a, com- in a conversation at least, right? Uh, Adam Raska, for sure. Uh, Raska plays the simple, you know, we know his game. We've seen him en- enough, right? Uh, plays this, you know, simple uh, direct, uh, you know, past game, right? And he's consistent with it, though, even at the AHL level, even when he's not scoring. That's what I've been told. And that kind of consistency does lend itself to an AHL job, which is why uh, he's the first Sharks uh, uh, pick from the 2020 class to make the NHL, because his game is simple, uh, but it's consistent and it's effective. And mm-hmm. so a little faster, a little stronger, a little more mature. Uh, can he be a full-time NHL or next year? I can see that. Um, so I think those are the guys that kind of stand out, um, looking over their, their roster, uh, some other guys that have been big, bigger names in the past, but I'm thinking that their, their time, uh, may, you know, isn't going to end up, isn't going to end with the sharks, you know, guys like Hoblewalks and Blickfeld, who I believe are, are RFAs. Um, but I don't, I don't think that, that those are guys that, especially Blickfeld, I think Blickfeld hasn't quite. Uh, developed uh, the way that people wanted in terms of um, obviously he's a high scorer at the AHL level and he has been the last uh, year or so, but uh, just the, the, you know, it just hasn't rounded out his game. I think just uh, talking with people uh, watching it myself when I've gone down there and also talking with scouts who have watched uh, plenty, uh, plenty of him. 
Um, so yeah, he's a guy that I don't I don't really see having a role. Uh, Hobgo Walks has you know grown immensely as a player over the last couple of years or so, but I don't, still think he's a little bit short of what uh, uh, Bob Bugner uh, uh, wants. You know, in terms of. Um, I know Hubble Walks has some talent there, and it's not that Bob Bugner is allergic to offensive talent, but uh, I don't think Hubble Walks has quite enough offensive talent where you overlook the other problems in this game. That's my that's my read on it, and you know maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Jaden has another year of kind of uh, uh, you know his game will will go up another level next year, uh, but I'm not really seeing it with him. Uh, let's see what are big names here. Sasha Chemileski, don't know. You know, I think this the skating. You know, uh, people love kind of. Uh, well, maybe not love is too strong a word. But people like what he has between his ears. They like a lot about Chemileski. But um, again, though the the feet, I, I I just don't see it as being enough to guarantee him an NHL job ever. Uh, well, I don't want to say ever, but uh, let's just say uh, next year with the Sharks. And BC also is an RFA too. The Sharks will have to make a decision about him. Um, so I think those are the the main guys. I don't know if I missed any any other kind of big name-ish uh, Sharks prospect. You know, Melnichuk, obviously, look, let's look at his numbers like that. Unfortunately, I don't know if there's there's a, a path for him uh, with the Angel team soon. Uh, I know that the Barracuda, they're not a great team, but uh, Melnichuk hasn't helped. Uh, this is, again, watched. I've watched them play. I've talked with people who have watched them play. And so I don't think that there's uh, any strong belief that this is a guy that's ready to challenge for an Angel job soon. Um, yeah, I think I've covered sort of the, the big name-ish Barracuda guys. And so I think just to summarize... Um, there's no uh, shoe wins, uh, but the most likely guys I see that can challenge next year for Angel spot are Reedy, uh, Leonard, uh, Hadika, and Kinyazev, I think are the guys that kind of stand out of this group. And yeah, other than Nick, if there's anybody I missed, uh, remind me, please. No, you, I mean, oh, Raska, much... Raska too. Well, yeah, yeah, Raska. yeah, just Raska. Yeah, Raska's you you hit on him, but yeah. Yeah, I think that you're. Oh, this Evander Kane kid looks pretty good too. Uh, eight yeah. points in five games. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. Um, but I but I would say, yes, the more quote-unquote promising prospects since they've been drafted more recently than uh, these the, the players that Shang has mentioned, Sands, Raska, um, have more, in my opinion, more promise, more, more top-end potential. Tristan Robbins, Ozzy Weisblatt, hell, even Brandon Coe. You know, we talked to Chris Peters. You know, he's a big Brandon Coe guy. Um, all these guys. Well, have you know the way these things work. I mean, all these kids look great out of the bus, out of junior, right? Uh, you know, Brandon Cole has dominated the the OHL this year, but he did it as an overager, right? And yeah, so, you know, let's see how he does. Air quotes when I said promise. Yeah, and it, and it also too. Uh, yeah, I mean, guys can 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 kill it in the AHL, like a Yoakum Blickfeld, right? Yoakum Blickfeld is a AHL All Star caliber player, right? But there's little things that he's got to do to make the NHL because he's not going to be that kind of scorer in the NHL. You know, he's basically, I mean, it's kind of exaggeration here, but you know, he, he, he's basically Alexander Ovechkin in AHL. He's good enough. Like he, he can kind of uh, play at like three quarter speed and still score, you know, score at like, you know, uh, <clears throat> yeah, goal every two games, a goal every three games in the AHL. Uh, you can't do that in NHL. He's not good enough for that. Uh, and so, you know, if if you're uh, a guy who can score 30 goals in NHL, then you can take you can take shifts off. You, you know, teams will put up with you, but uh, not going to happen in NHL. And so, anyway, so guys that are going to come in, guys like Cole and Robbins and that sort of thing, right? Um, 
it just it just it's just a hard it's just a hard jump you know i it, it sounds like i'm just you know just cliche or corny but it's really a hard jump from juniors to the ahl to the nhl and so that's why you know for years you know you look at like people's uh, you know want to project the team next year and a pencil in a sausage and less case or third line center not happening you know those things just don't happen guys aren't that good that fast usually yeah. uh very very rarely right and so um yeah and so just uh you know be very cautious you know uh about 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 all your prospects that's all all i would say <laughs> so, unless it's william Eklund. so even william Eklund too you know <laughs> look let's be honest i need to dig into it more but he's his numbers don't look great in the shl this year i'm not even sure if he scored a goal yet and i know I there's has, yeah. there's various issues you know in terms of you know uh uh the team has been on and off for different reasons i believe right i think he had a concussion too right so there's different reasons for that also yeah. but you know like he has not gone back there and you know put up uh, kind of that dominant campaign that probably people were hoping or expecting that that he would do and so yeah so so that's something that that yeah uh you know did we overhype him when he was here? We're, maybe we're going to find out that we did. You know, hope not. You know, because I enjoyed watching him play, and he played a certain style that was fun and different. Right? We can all agree on that. Uh, but you know, is it going to translate to the NHL next year and be that 40, 50 points that the Sharks desperate, desperately need? You know, from uh, a player that's making the make, you know making the entry level. Um, you know, I think of course that's a very, very, very open question. Fair points, fair points. And with that, we end the marathon that has been this episode. <laughs> been quite the long one here. Um, excellent questions from everybody, concerns, comments, all that. Again, sorry to those that we couldn't quite get to. As you can see, we were trying to fit as many in here as we could. And we'll try to reach out to you um, if we didn't answer your question uh, with some sort of response or, you, you know, you can always tweet at us you know where you to find you can find us you can find myself on twitter at nick floor underscore you can follow shang at shang underscore pang and of course you can always shoot us a dm again i S take responsibility for yeah. talking <laughs> a half hour about uh <laughs> it, it was a topic about eric carlson's injury <laughs> <laughs> so i think that's going to cap it off for us today uh thank you all again for your support Make sure you go give Kat and Liz their respective follows to keep up on your Barracuda coverage. Uh, strap in for these next couple weeks because the trade deadline approaches, as does the Sharks' playoff probabilities or percentages as they continue to dwindle, it seems. So that's going to do it for us here on the podcast, folks. Make sure you all stay safe and, of course, stay hydrated. Stay hydrated.